Hello everyone, welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum, where you will hear about car news, car culture, and car talks. Here's your host, Cody Wagner. Hello everyone, welcome to another week of podcasting, except this time uh, we're going to be catching up on the news, so it's not going to be as, uh, as bad as when Taffy came on the show, which she might come on again. Nico Rosberg clinches 2017 Formula 1 Championship, even though it's not actually 2017 right now. Lego Land Rover Discovery 3 is extremely faithful to the real thing, and you could probably find it on Lego Ideas. You know, legoideas.com, Land Rover Discovery, and it should be on there. 2017 Hyundai i30 Wagon, I guess, spotted testing alongside Golf Variant Rival, meaning they're testing along a Golf Station Wagon as well. UK government allocates £484 million for electric and autonomous vehicles. Cadillac pushes back Project Pinnacle until April, and I believe that's when they're going to start pulling back some of their dealers. UK police tries out Focus RS Hotch Hot Hatch and brings along the iconic RS200 to see how well it does. Facelift to Volkswagen up on, well, up like exclamation mark, on sale in the UK from 60,000 possible combos, head starts from £8,995. Or near enough 12 grand. Lego Jeep Wrangler Rubicon impresses with attention to detail, and it's, it's another one. It's another thing you could probably find on the Lego Ideas website. German GP very likely to be dropped from 2017 F1 calendar. Kind of a shame, but honestly, I never really liked the Nurburgring circuit. Not not the Norschleife, but the GP circuit. It. Eh, I find the corn. I find a lot of the corners to be. The first one's kind of cool, but then the corners after that just feel really odd to me. Faster and harder Porsche Boxster GTS coming to set the benchmark again. Dream up your perfect mini countryman with new configurator. Ferrari F40 hits the auction block without reserve. Where? I really don't know. Canada gets tweaked 2017 Lexus NX from CAD $42,750. Now, from what I can remember from all the Canadian Viper owners, 42000 Canadian currency might be that might be 37 grand in dollars. BMW's new M Performance Parts catalog arrived at Essen Show. Porsche USA to sell 1500 new Cayenne diesels as used vehicles. That's pretty interesting. Mercedes AMG boss confirms GT Black Series it could land in 2018 or basically two years from now. Mitsubishi's Outlander Sport slash ASX replacement spy inside and out for the first time, and it looks kind of like, it. it's sort of Honda-like, actually. The headlights aren't, but the midsection is. Tesla owners in Moscow make up for the brand's absence with unofficial service center. That is called dedication. Mini launches new line of JCW accessories in Essen. 2017 Chrysler 200 scores 5 stars in NHTSA, or National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, crash test. Skoda sets new sales record with 1 million vehicles delivered this year. Sangyong, terrible name, to launch electric models by 2019 or 2020. It's a miracle that that brand's still alive. I mean, some of their cars, very few of them, don't look that bad, but their SUVs and minivans are some of the worst ever designed. Follows R&D Vice President... Peter Mertens heading to Audi. Nissan prices all new NV300 from £21,300 in the UK. Basically, you'll be paying like twenty-four grand for a van. Jensen Button expects Abu Dhabi GP to be his last F1 race. 
Face with the Mercedes C-Class sedan and estate reveal refreshed interior. And thankfully, the instrument cluster isn't just full of a, te- of a screen you could get from Apple. Volkswagen open to electric motorsport in the future. That's if they have the money to invest in electric motorsport. Create your perfect BMW M5 with online configurator. BMW turns up the heat on new 5 Series with M Performance accessories. Still not quite an M5, but hey, better than nothing. Peugeot may create hybrid hot hatch to rival Ford Focus RS. An entire remote island is powered by Tesla and SolarCity. NHTSA wants limited smartphone features in cars to reduce driver distraction. Looks like the NHTSR, TSA are the only ones who are thinking sensibly about all the apps that are being put in cars these days. All carbon fiber Pagani wire for sale in California. And I can bet you anything it'll be over hundred er, over $1 million. Tesla Model S hits the track ahead of Electric GP Championship. Callaway will add an extra 100 horsepower to your beastie Camaro ZL1 for $17,995. Why would it take seventeen grand? to add 100 horsepower to a ZL1. I mean, you can do that through an exhaust and an air intake, and maybe a few other things, but it definitely shouldn't take 17 grand to do it. You could buy a lot of compact cars. You could probably buy, I don't know, like a parts C5 Corvette for that money, if you looked hard enough. Peugeot updates its 301 sedan for developing markets. Oh, sorry, that's the end of the page. (laughs) You know what? It doesn't actually look that bad, but it kind of looks like if Peugeot were to get an idea of what let me put it to you this way. Imagine any 90s Peugeot sedan. The 301 looks like a modern day version of those 90s sedans. That's kind of what it looks like. Very basic. Not cheap, but just very basic. Weird looking Seat Leon Cooper prototype suggests faster version is on the way. Whether it'll challenge the Focus RS is yet to have been seen. 1500 horsepower twin turbo Dodge Viper rockets down the fourth quarter mile like a ballistic missile. Maserati to launch an all-electric Alfieri in 2020. If it gets made in 2020. Nissan exits LMP2 racing with class victory in Bahrain. Analysts say Tesla Model 3 deliveries won't start until late 2018. Lois confirms all-new release for 2020 and it will come to the U.S. Thankfully. BMW goes on patent spree registering various CS models. If you're wondering what that means, the CS models are sort of like the ACRs for BMW. Lotus reports first operating profit since the 1970s. Bentley recalls Mantega over loose dashboards and seats. Continental and University of Oxford looking into artificial intelligence for automated driving. You know what, that might not be the worst idea, as someone was trying to use GTA 5 as a way to do it. But I'd have to wonder how long it would take for them to make an artificial intelligence intelligent enough not to, you know, create accidents everywhere. BMW X7 to go Bentley Bantega hunting with ultra-luxurious four-seat version? Only four? Oh, come on. There are many SUVs that have four seats. An ultra-luxurious version should have seven seats. Reading that now is kind of, I want to say disappointing because that is not as incredible as they make it sound to be. Toyota recalls over 700,000 Siennas as doors may open when driving. Only California and Oregon will get the Chevrolet Bolt this year. Ran to limit the use of crosshair grills on its trucks. Because they have that new grill that I personally like. Opal takes us through Insignia Grand Sports Nürburgring development. Though I assume, even with that, it's not going to please many Holden fans. Because that's still the next-gen Holden Commodore. Automakers ask for more lax U.S. automotive 
regulations. And if you don't know what that means, basically they want it to be less strict. New Persia 3008 DKR, which I guess is short for Dakar, gets dressed up in Dakar combat gear. Mercedes UK prices new AMG Roadster and GT, and sorry, AMG GTR. Volkswagen's CEO says they are done with diesels in the US. Frankly, they should be done with it everywhere. Honda begins production of the 2017 CRV in Ohio plant. Sanyong launches black and white special edition Turismo in the UK and is priced from £26,250 or about 30 grand for a pretty ugly minivan SUV combo. Volvo's 90 series gains powertrain safety and connectivity updates. Lotus reveals fastest exige ever. Meet the new. Sport 380. Jaguar design director says hydrogen vehicles are complete nonsense. Yeah, right. Mini JCWGP could make a comeback. Next EV's first production car to be a China-only electric sedan. After they went through all that trouble to make that supercar, their first production car is going to be an electric sedan. Wow, that's disappointing. And you know what? Because I thought you guys would be interested, let's get into some of the specs of the new 380. The new Sport 380 is able to reach 0 to 60 from a standstill in 3.5 seconds and a top speed of 178 miles per hour. Lotus says that their new supercar killing machine weighs just 1,066 kilograms, which is 25 kilograms less than the Exige Sport 350. Okay, I've just calculated this, and I think that the Sport 380, I'm going to translate the 1,066 kilograms, the Exige Sport 380 is between... 1,900 and 2,100 pounds. Anyway, this became possible with the use of lots of carbon fiber parts throughout the car, with the Exige Sport 380 featuring a new front splitter, revised front axis panel, new rear wing, and rear diffuser surround made out of carbon fiber, which together saved 2.7 kilograms. Additional savings came from things like a new polycarbonate rear window, 9 kilograms, a set of carbon fiber rear race seats, 6 kilograms, a lithium-ion battery, 10.3 10.3 kilograms because batteries actually weigh a lot and a set of ultra lightweight forged wheels and groove two-piece brace brake discs 10 kilograms the toyota source supercharged 3.5 liter v6 engine has been updated as well and now produces 375 horsepower at 6700 rpm and 302 pound-feet of torque at 5000 rpm the engine the changes include a revised supercharger pulley which increases the charge pressure, an upgraded fuel pump, recalibrated ECU, and a new exhaust system to let the engine express itself more freely. Those are some of the changes on the new Sport 380, but you know what? I mean Lotus does this all the time, but this is really like an ACR from Lotus. And right now, we're gonna get into the prices for the AMG GT Roadster and the GTR Roadster, I think I think. For the Roadster and R versions, the latest to join the range, Mercedes-Benz 2K is asking for 110,000 for 145 pounds, probably for the Roadster, 143,245 pounds respectively. So basically, for the first one, you'll be paying about 125 grand for the for the Roadster, and near enough 160 grand for the R, which is well. There's a lot of other cars you could get that are a lot cheaper and, frankly, better value for money. In terms of pure performance, of course. Rare 37 Bugatti 57S Cabrio tip-to-top 8 million at Amelia Island. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this bit of the podcast, and I will see you after a word from our sponsors. We've all seen them. Those self-centered drivers who think their cars are more important than everyone else's. They take up two or more parking spaces. Now you can let them know how you really feel with sarcastic parking cars. Go to 
www.howireallyfeelcards.com. You'll receive 12 different cards expressing what you think about their parking. These cards come in their own carrying case. Once again, go to www.howireallyfeelcards.com and get your cards today. Hello everyone, we are back with what, what I foreshadowed earlier. Dr. Taffy Wagner is back in my office again for the second time this week. Yay! <laughs> so what, what do you want to talk about this time? So let's talk about self-driving cars and healthcare. Oh gosh. Is it really a benefit or is it going to be a scary proposition? There are two ways that that could go about. I mean, on one hand, people wouldn't actually be driving. They'd just be sitting in the car. And I would feel like that would be bad for their health because they wouldn't actually be doing anything. Though to be fair, at the same time, people just sit, have their foot on the accelerator and then just you know steer every now and then. Okay, but if it's an older person, is it actually safer? Because they're not necessarily, you know, driving, this type of thing. But they are, like you're saying, they're sitting. So does it take them away from being more aware of what's going on in the traffic? Well, as you know, I've told you before that I think, you know, people over a certain age really shouldn't be permitted to drive because it can be dangerous. You know, they're old, they're slow, you have wrinkly hands, stuff like that. Then you're not going to be as focused as they once were. So it would definitely be safer to have them go in an autonomous car. But, I mean, to be fair, that's what Uber and taxis are for. But anyway, it would be safer because they wouldn't have to try to focus as hard even though they can't and stuff like that. It would be safer not only for them but for everyone else around them. Okay, but now with the older person, you know how we like the freedom of being in control and we're able to do things on our own and we feel like we're, you know, it's almost like empowered. Yeah. So would that actually move it away or would it make them feel, you know, would it make them feel safer as you're saying because they don't have to be worried about, you know, all that traffic and the combustion and, you know, road rage. Yeah. And I get what you're saying about the freedom, but at the same time, it may be autonomous, but you can still program it to where you want to go. I mean, sure, you wouldn't be able to, you know, just take a drive. You have to, I don't know, like, let's say you take our house, for example. You have to program the car. Oh, Walmart. And then after that, you know, Toys R Us or whatever. You can't just drive around because you want to because autonomous cars don't work that way. But you still could have a nice drive, but you'd have to figure out a destination that would make for a good, fun, relaxing sit in a, in a moving vehicle. So I think the freedom aspect of it, some of it would be relinquished in the sense that an autonomous car won't just go anywhere it wants to go. Because everyone knows computers have no ina- imagination. Okay. okay. <laughs> but you can still go to places you want to go to because you have to program that into the GPS or, you know, look on the GPS and set your, set your sights for, you know, who knows where. You know, Estes Park, for example, that's a touristy spot. Set it for Estes Park, it'll drive there. Successfully or not, I have no idea, but you wouldn't be able to just drive around, yes, but there are places you can go to that an autonomous car would be able to go to any, anyway. Okay, so now here's something I'd be wondering about is what are going to be, what will be the cost factor? You know, because with health care and insurance, there's always a cost to, you know, different types of measures and systems in place in order to do something like that. So I'd be interested in what the cost would be. Now, here's something that I'm looking at, and I wasn't sure about this. So, you know, I, I shared this with you because there was this article that came up that basically said, it was titled, basically, you know, something about driverless cars, a great opportunity for health care. Mm-hmm. And as I'm scrolling through this article, and it's totally in a different space than I thought that we're even talking about. And it's actually talking about having 
like some health health components in the car where it's actually taking vital signs. Well, you can do that because like the treadmill that we have, if you grip the handle hard enough, it can tell your heartbeat. I can't because I don't have a lot of hand strength. But if you were to employ a similar technology in the seat of a car, maybe the harder you laid back into it, the more you'd be able to read your vital signs. Okay. And so then rather than having an instrument closer telling your speed, it would tell your heart rate, your blood pressure, stuff like that. Which you, which they could make an app for, not to distract drivers or anything, but you could do that. Yeah, and it's it's, it's just like that. It's saying driverless cars as a point of care. So it's basically saying the car would be a place to measure vital signs passively and store data in the cloud. I don't really like the cloud, but that is a fairly good idea. And it'll notify the patient if there's something wrong or keep a finger on our pulse on the long term. Now, this talks about the German car manufacturer, Mercedes. Yeah. Thinks the future involves driverless cars acting as a personal assistant of the owners. They also believe vehicles must incorporate health sensors. Well, the funny thing about that, the funny thing you were saying about, you know, monitoring them and then their pulse rate and whatever, is you, they'd probably have to have a settings menu where you put all of your information in there, your, you know, your normal blood, uh, you know, your blood type, your heart rate, your heart condition, stuff like that. You'd have to put in a lot of settings like that about yourself. So that the car could figure out what would be normal and in an unnormal occurrence happening for you. Well, I would think what they would do is not that they would have to put everybody's settings in, but put what the norm is, period, for heart rate. And what is the norm for blood pressure? What is it supposed to be, the standard? And if it's outside of those, then it'll alert the passenger saying, hey, you got a problem. Either it's too low or it's too high. And then if on the other end, a health facility is monitoring yeah. You're, then they know they can either say, you know, leave you a message or text you and say, hey, you need to come in, you know, this kind of thing. So what I'm looking at, you know, as I keep reading this article, it says that Mercedes, the guy was saying that the seatbelt, the steering wheel, or practically anything the driver may touch, which is what you were saying, can be used as a biometric sensor to gain information about the driver, but it could help detect a drop in blood sugar or even an imminent heart attack. Yeah, except the only sort of issue with doing it like that is computers have no idea what context means okay so like take example you have four people in a car okay uh-huh. so take so take a guy and a woman next to him okay and let and let's say let's say they have a sort of love connection but don't want to admit it okay right. so if one of so if one of his friends says something embarrassing about him like her or vice versa and then the heart rate spikes yes. what if the computer thinks oh something's happened when in reality it's just them being embarrassed again computer has no context so simple Funny and embarrassing situations like that could be taken way out of the scope of what's actually happening. Well, but then just with like regular health care, what they do is they monitor over a period of time. Yeah. So they can say either something, there was an incident that occurred, mm-hmm. which made it spike, and then on the next day it was norm. So then they would say, okay, let's do it again and see what happens on that third time if it's still the norm. Then they know that there was a specific occurrence that made it happen. Now, here's what's interesting, you know, because you and I were talking about what would happen with the health insurance. And... So, like, this person from um, IBM Watson basically was saying that driving a traditional car is possible, but insurance companies would put a high price on them when it comes to getting that data versus if they're sitting in, you know, and it sounds like even if they're sitting in the self-driving car, it's going to cost more. Yeah. I would almost wonder if they would have uh, a manufacturer sort of, like, give them some self-driving cars and they have the price included in the plan or something. And then they just ship the car over or something. Right. That or 
they do it some other way where it's like a tax. You pay it monthly or something. Right, right. Which wouldn't be ideal, but I guess it would be like a leasing thing where you'd have to pay it every month or every other month at like 100 bucks a month or something. You know, or would it be built into their regular... Now, is it going to be on the car insurance side or is it going to be on the health insurance side? Or I would think that it would depend both? on the features because if it's... If you have... If it's the car insurance but you have the cars the health features, mm-hmm. it would be both. Both, which would unfortunately spike the price even more because then you're paying for an autonomous car which liability issues are just that issues and then you have all the technology in the car that the that the healthcare guys want but that's got to be pricey because they got to do the research and then they got to account for all the people who has the cars get all the data record all the data monitor all the data it's a lot of labor even if it's just looking at a screen for five hours right right So, so now let's look at this because it's saying that um you know, this definitely would be a target market for the elderly and the disabled. And yeah. I didn't even think about the disabled. And and definitely for them. And it's basically, you know, sharing that there's f- more than 43 million people in the U.S. now 65 and older. Ooh. There's a definite market right there. Yeah. And then 10,000 more hitting that mark every day. Hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so, yeah, it is. It's a natural market. You know, you know going to the grocery store. Now, I wouldn't necessarily see where they, you know, you could get in and go to the grocery store because there are now grocery stores that actually deliver. You go online and you shop. Yeah. You have a certain dollar amount and they deliver it and it's bagged up already. They just bring it to your house. Yeah. And it's funny because even though there, you know, the, it, there are troubles, disabled people do have troubles driving. It's not impossible. I remember seeing this article months ago about a, a race car driver who, who's disabled, who's paralyzed in the legs. Yes. But he just put all the functions on the steering wheel like a game controller and he still races. And not everyone's going to have that ingenuity, but it does prove you can still drive just doing it through other means of doing it, yes. like hand controls. They would get a lot to get used to, but mm-hmm. if you game regularly, <laughs> it, would, it would be a bit easier. Right? Be like, oh yeah, my brain is sharp and I can do yeah. this. <laughs> so that makes it really, you know, that does make a really interesting concept for, you know, the elderly person, especially if you, you know, if you're um, an adult, you know, you've yeah. got elderly parents and you're not where they are. So could you actually, is and would it also become like a subscription-based service? You know, where monthly you pay X amount of dollars for the car to get your parent at certain times and do these certain things. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Mercedes-Benz because um, where that technology is about monitoring your heart rate and whatever, their car called the S-Class is basically their flagship for all their luxury. It kind of does some of those features anyway. Oh. You know, monitors how you drive, okay. heart rate and whatever. So it does some of those things already. But getting it to a mainstream market is, you know, that theory about, you know, people who make a lot of money and then it should trickle down to the lower. Yes. Rates. Well, that doesn't happen, but in cars, it happens all the time, like regenerative braking, hybrid technology, and whatever. So something like that eventually might trickle down to like a Ford Fiesta or something, yes. something small like that. So that, that money theory about big money trickling down, that theory happens in the car world, and I see it all the time. Okay. But if people put more focus on it, Eventually, it might trickle down to normal cars, like a micro. Sorry, not a micro. That's something that you don't sell here, like a Sentra or something. Yes, because even the like the even the um, smaller economy cars is what you're saying. Oh yeah, it could trickle down to that, like a Mirage or right. something. Because if like they're a smart car, if they're elderly, they don't necessarily need a big car to be coming and pick them up. You know this kind of thing. Yes, you want comfort, mm-hmm. you know, and this kind of stuff. But if it's going to be, it, it really is going to depend on. Is it going to be in the insurance-based price for the car insurance, mm-hmm. or is it going to be in the health insurance side? Because I'm really interested in how they would price that. Yeah. Because, Or is it going to be both? 
Because one, you got to protect the car. But then on the insurance side, who's paying for monitoring your health and that information? Where is it going? And then the next step, what do you do after you get that information? Yeah, they're, pro- they're probably going to buy a tall vehicle, though, so they don't have to step down into a car. Oh, yes. So even if it does trickle down, I don't think a lot of elderly people will really look in that area because they'll still have to step down anyway, even if it's not as low as like a Lamborghini Aventador. They're still stepping down from like a chair. You know those really low chairs? Yes. It's hard to get up on those on those commercials. It's a similar sort of similar situation. So they could what they would have to do is just raise the seat height or get a bigger car rather than a truck. Well, and then when you think about the disabled, depending on what the disability is, it may need to be a van. For the most right? part, it is normally a van. And yeah. so then and then if it's gonna be a van and it's wheelchair access, you know, and all this mm-hmm. stuff, then it's going to be completely different. But can you imagine vans that are self-driving and you've got disabled people I in kinda, them and this kind of thing? I kind of can because there is a company that does make vans specifically for disabled people. And I've seen right. them around okay. from time to time. But if they made those self-driving, that could be helpful. And especially if you think about the shuttle services that right. go to the airport. You know, the driver wouldn't be late yes. because, he, because he had a hangover from the night over from partying. <laughs> Okay. So they get there on time, all right. time. Right. And if you made the computer smart enough, you'd be able to find it would be able to find the fastest route, you know, away from traffic and whatever. Right. A lot of things that Tom made would cut down on time. Okay. But at the same time I can't help but think it would also cut down on the on the jobs people could do. Well, so I'm sort of mixed on the whole automated everything thing. Right, right. But in ter- in this case, it does make a lot of sense to do it. It does, it does, because when you think about you know, there's always these commercials about, you know, people have fallen, they can't get up, you know, and these yeah. types of things. But as people get older, they have more doctor's appointments. Yeah. And they have to schedule them all at a certain time when they know, you know, either son or daughter can come over and take them if they're in the area where their kids are. Or if they're in a facility that only has a van that goes once a week or so. Yeah, but if you don't have either of those, you can't really rob those people of right. not being able to go anywhere. That's right. And that's why if people are going to do autonomous cars, which they are pushing for, yes. they really should be pushing for a market that actually needs it, not for people who want it because they're lazy. Right, and this market is huge. Yeah, they really and do they need really it. they really need this. Yes. That, would cut, that would cut down all the crashes because of elderly people. Oh my people. gosh, yes, who are driving it. And they think they're very coherent and still can do everything, yeah. but they've lost their... Um, the, the attention to detail. Yes, and, and attention re- to detail and, and this kind of stuff. You know, they're not as um, sharp yeah. as they were, even though they think they are. They they need to come to a point where they need to face the reality that yes. age age does have its drawbacks, and that's one of them. Right. But if you can get an autonomous car, mm-hmm. well then, hey. But you know, I had told you and Erica a long time ago, I said, when I get to be a certain, a certain, you know, certain years old, I want a driver. I said, you know, I'm attracting drivers. I want a driver. I did. I said, I think I should, I deserve a driver. You know, yeah. this kind of thing. And, but this totally, you know, will go with that and say, you know, that. let's help them, you know, stay in good health, the health that they're in mm-hmm. and get them to their appointments safely and then get them back. Now, if they want to go grocery shopping, they're fine. Take them and let them go grocery shopping. But see, this wouldn't necessarily cut down on the jobs. Then this is where you can still bring in an aide to go with them. Yeah. And have them go and make sure they're getting exactly what they need to get. They don't tire out or this kind mm-hmm. of thing. Because I've seen people in the grocery stores that are in those, you know, those scooters. Yeah. They're good, they're, I yeah. like that. That's kind of cool. They're getting around. I'm like, yeah. oh, man, I want to do You know, but still, even for them, there's that car mm-hmm. that can help them get around. I think doing it for the vans would be a little bit better. Yes. Even if, it's, even if they're not disabled, it might help them just a little bit more because it's just a bit more functional. But what about this, Cody? What if 
at certain places, let's say the grocery stores and at the hospitals and this kind of stuff, doctor's office, they actually had parking spaces just for the self-driving cars. Because you know that. what? That would be cool. Because everyone, everyone doesn't park perfectly. And that's right. car would have to monitor which size is big enough and not, which some self-parking systems do. Right. But they would probably have to make parking parking spots specifically for autonomous cars. But they could have like the first two rows because I think that's ingenious because yeah. I remember when I was pregnant with you guys at, um, oh gosh, I think it was Babies or Babies Are Us down in Hollis Ranch. They had a row that was parking just for pregnant women. That's genius. And it is. And I think with this, yeah. if they thought, let's, you know, at these places where they're going to go, mm-hmm. let's have a row or two just for autonomous cars so that they know we don't have to fight and be, because parking lots get full. I know. And it'd be hospitals. the most beautiful thing to see autonomous cars parking because they'd Thank be perfect. You. They'd be perfect from left to right. They'd be That's exactly it. in the middle. And then you wouldn't have to be worried about the parking garage. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they have certain parks right at the hospital door, but then everybody else needs to go in the garage. But let the autonomous vehicles have parking. Yeah. Right. Oh, I think that's the only genius. disadvantage to that is for cities who that have basically stopped growing for the time being mm-hmm. to incorporate that they would have to rebuild a lot of their parking lots or whatever. But you know what? I bet you they would because I think it would. If you've got this many people who are aging that fast yeah. every single month, they said like ten thousand, right? Really? Or was it every day? You know, it's like come on, ten thousand a day. You're I not gonna you're not gonna lose because they're bringing in, they're paying for those services. Yeah. And so you're not going to lose money like that. I'm like, oh my gosh. Let me see what it says. Yeah, I think a lot of those people are going to be flocking to the Model S right now. Because that's got autonomous, that's got autonomous driving right now. Does it? Okay. okay. In fact, it's funny because Germany doesn't want Tesla to keep calling it you know, autonomous driving feature or whatever. So Right, right. And so from what I'm reading in here, the first ones who are coming out with driverless cars in 2018 is Tesla and BAIDU? 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 B-A-I-D-U. Baidu? I've never heard of that. But in 2020, it's a lot of them. Yeah. It's a lot of them. I mean, it's your Nissans. It's your Toyota. Eventually, Jaguar will get there as well. Mm-hmm. They said once the technology is perfected, they'll jump in on it. Yeah. And so, but it's going to be a lot of them coming out with it. But in 2018, it's Tesla and this other company. They're, they're the first mm-hmm. ones. And so, they will be the ones who will be able to say, here's how it's working for us. And then people can pattern. Yeah. Or model their example right afterwards that's okay. funny because I just said something about Oxford University and uh, Continental I think doing something similar you're right 10,000 more a day hitting that 65 and older oh my gosh wow. you know that's giving me some messages I'm that's, like, that's gotta be at least 50 people in a few states oh yeah oh more than 50 is 10,000 a day yeah, it might be 200. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. That's hitting that 65 and older. Yeah. That is saying a whole lot. But that, that does say a lot. But it also makes me wonder, what state is full of the youngest people as well? And which state is full of the oldest? And we should find out. I yeah. bet you the oldest is like Florida or somewhere, retirement community, you know, because it's on the beach and it's... I think it's California. You think California? Rich area, expensive cars. But, but see, that. it's got to be affordable. And, Cali- you know, and see, that's where I go. Florida is probably a little more economical yeah. versus Cali, mm-hmm. you know? But wow, you know yeah, it's got to be one of those two states. It's got to sure. be one of those two because you got to be in the sun. You got to be sun and fun. You got to be <laughs> yeah. on the beach. You know, you're not gonna want to retire where it's gonna be all rainy and yeah, tornado-y. I say, I'd be amazed if Montana was one of those states. Oh, I would take that it. would be incredible. Well, wouldn't you think Hawaii? No, no. Hawaii is more of a touristy area. Well, it is, and and it, and even though old people do go to tour there, <laughs> stay there. No, that's more. I think that's more of like twenty twenties and thirty surfers, okay. and 
people who say do. But that would be California. (laughs) That would also be California, yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I I wonder now, though, because Cuba's gotten their uh, embargo lifted. So I wonder if that would be a new travel state. I mean, to be fair, they're now going to be growing as an economy, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it might be a place to check out now. That would be something interesting to watch. You should do a follow-up. This would be good. Okay. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this 20-minute long part, and I will see you in the third part. Oh, and don't, and word from our sponsors. We've all seen them. Those self-centered drivers who think their cars are more important than everyone else's. They take up two or more parking spaces. Now you can let them know how you really feel with sarcastic parking cars. Go to www.howireallyfeelcars.com. You'll receive 12 different cards expressing what you think about their parking. These cards come in their own carrying case. Once again, go to www.howireallyfeelcars.com and get your cards today. Hello, and we are back. Voxel Astro returns to British Touring Car Championship. And you know what? It doesn't actually look half bad. Porsche to embrace sports cars with some level of autonomy. Polestar to create electrified performance Volvos. You can lease a Chevrolet Bolt from just $309 a month. Everything else that you might want to know, I genuinely have no idea. This convincing Porsche 917K replica is a tempting buy. Mazda brought the MX-5 RF to US dealers two months earlier than expected. New autonomy to start autonomous taxi testing in Boston with Renault Zoes. But they don't sell Renault Zoes. That's impossible. Liberty Walk takes another swing at the McLaren 650S. Volkswagen presents three-stage strategy until 2025. Gordon Ramsay's white LaFerrari Aperta, I guess, rolls through London. Kia recalls 70,000 Sportage SUVs for ABS Short Circuit. 2017 Jeep Compass ready to head off-road in Trailhawk spec. Charges dismissed for speeding. Four GT prototypes that were speeding in Colorado have been dismissed. What I mean is they, they, they didn't get charged. Watch Next EV Neo EP9 destroy the Nürburgring lap regulator EVs. Even though they weren't going 100% during the lap because the batteries would overheat. TechArt 2 debut individualization program for Porsche 718 at Essen. McLaren unveils five design additions for the 570S. New cars have outgrown parking space size, meaning that accidents are on the rise. And now, the the Bentley recall. Bentley has issued a safety recall for select 2017 Bentayga models in the US after, after discovering that the dashboards and seat mechanisms may become loose. During a routine system review of the vehicles, Bentley found that the system used to store torque val- values in the car had, had missing or implausible data, suggesting that some bolts were not tightened to the correct torque. This was later confirmed as true and affects the seat mechanism and insurance panel joints. Over time, the British mark says that these elements could loosen over time, causing rattling issues. Additionally, the loose components may increase the potential for injury if an affected Bentayga is involved in a crash. To rectify the problem, Bentley will simply check the torque of the offended bolts and tighten them if necessary. Of course, this will be done free of charge. A total of 88 units are suspected to be affected. Wow, suspected to be affected. That sounds like a pretty cool TV show title. Suspected to be affected. And now it's Toyota's turn on the chopping block. Not really. Toyota has announced a recall of over 700,000 of the Sienna minivans due to a rather serious issue with the electric system used for its sliding doors. The Japanese automaker states, if one of the doors is impended when opening, the door's motor circuit may become overloaded, pulling a fuse. If that were to happen, 
when the door is improperly closed, it could open when driving. In total, there are approximately 744,000 Sienas affected by the recall built between 2011 and 2016. Georgia has yet to announce a remedy for the problem, as it itself is still working on one. Nevertheless, recall notices will be sent out shortly to affected owners. In the meantime, Sienna owners might be wise to be extra careful, as this is not something to be taken lightly. And we got Kia up now. The danger of a short circuit in the ABS control module has prompted Kia to issue a recall of 71,704 of its sported crossovers in the United States. According to the notice from the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration, or the NHTSA, the wire harness cover on the Hydraulic Electric Control Unit, HECU, may be improperly sealed, allowing water to get onto the HECU circuit board. That could cause a short circuit, which could lead to a fire in the engine compartment. The investigation began when Kia received word back in April of a fire igniting in one 2008 Sportage while it was parked in the driveway. The manufacturer coordinated with supplier Mando and determined the source of the problem and decided upon recalling the potentially affected units. As a result, dealers are being instructed to inspect the relevant connector pins for corrosion. Those with corroded pins will have the entire HECU assembly replaced, but those where no corrosion is found will only need to have the connector cover replaced. The campaign is set to go underway later this month. The Sportage is now in its fourth iteration. The recall relates to the second-gen model, specifically 2008 and 2009 models manufactured between August 9th, 2007, and May 13th, 2009. Now I want to talk. I want to look at this newtonomy thing because I don't get how they're going to get some Zoes in Boston. Self-driving taxi startup Newtonomy has announced that it will soon expand its autonomous vehicle trials to Boston after having rolled out the, the technology in Singapore. The company just struck a deal with the city of Boston and, Boston and Massachusetts Department of Transportation and will bring its self-driving rental zone to U.S. streets. Oh my gosh. That's going to be awesome, but I really would like, know, like to know how they did that. As with the trial in Singapore, one of the company's engineers will remain on board the hatchback to take the wheel if necessary. In a statement, Boston Mayor Martin J. Walsh said, Boston is, sorry, Boston is ready to lead the charge on self-driving vehicles, and I am committed to ensuring autonomous vehicles will benefit Boston's residents. This is an exciting step forward, and together with our public and private partners, we will continue to lead the way in creating a safe and reliable, a, a safe, reliable, and equitable mobility plan for Boston's residents. I made that sound way cooler than it actually is. When Newtonomy first hit the streets of Singapore, its vehicles were permitted to drive around the One North Business District with the passenger and engineer on board. In doing so, it beat Uber to the punch of testing a self-driving taxi on public roads. That is, that's pretty interesting. Jaguar to introduce plug-in hybrids before iPACE launches. Volkswagen ends production of CC. Apparently, the replacement is going to arrive in 2017. Mercedes-Benz says a Maybach SUV is still being considered. Fiat plan a big discount on its big discounts on its U.S. lineup next year. Renault Twingo GT and Dynamic S go on sale in the U.K. Volkswagen warns the idea of building a battery factory. Coexent and Coral's 230-horsepower Camelot engine debuts at Yangzhou. Uh, yeah. Hyundai's all-new 2017 Azera and Grandeur launches in Korea. Lamborghini trademark suggests revised Aventador S is coming. McLaren Group appoints new executive director. Disney Pixar teases high-paced Cars 3 with a rather dark trailer that I have watched. And it's actually pretty cool, relatively speaking. 2018 Ford Mustang to ditch V6 and adopt a 10-speed automatic. Mercedes could drop diesels from the U.S. market. Wow. 
Ford swiftly snatches Chevy's 520 world record. Porsche will not go below the McCann and Boxster. Period. They just won't do it. Chevrolet feels vindicated about Colorado's success, says it proved doubters wrong. Mercedes AMG boss reportedly nicks its idea of a performance X class, and to that I say, please no. I do not wish to see something so terrible. Lamborghini Huracan becomes follow me vehicle at Belonga Airport. Mercedes AMG adds three new GTs to its lineup in Europe. Mayor of London wants Volkswagen to cough up 2.5 million over Dieselgate. Italians can now buy their fiats on Amazon.it, also known as Amazon.Italy. 2017 Mini Countryman JCW rendering is pretty much spot on. And I have to agree, it does look exactly what it would look like if they're going to bother to do it. F1-powered Mercedes-AMG hoppers are close to selling out. That means you got to buy it now. New Peugeot 3008 starts for £21,795 in the UK, brings standard i-cockpit. Also, that means about 24 to 25 grand for a Dodge Journey-sized CUV. Geiger celebrates Camaro's 50th anniversary with a 630-horsepower variant. Alpha says Julia platform is a jewel likely to be used by other FCA cars. Volkswagen Atlas SUV heading to Russia next year with two with small 2-liter diesel engine. Skoda Kodiak Sportline confirmed and apparently should debut in Geneva. FCA recalls 80,000 Dodge Darts, Durangos, and Jeep Grand Cherokees. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles has issued another couple of recalls between them affecting a total of 83,338 vehicles across the United States. The larger of the two is also the less drastic. It released a 2016 Dodge Dart, namely those manufactured between April 13, 2015 and June 7, 2016, whose windshield wiper pump may fail due to a voltage spike. Since that could impair visibility and potentially lead to a collision, FCA is calling them in to have those washer pumps replaced. The second recall is smaller in scope, but addresses a more serious issue. It relates to the 2016 Dodge Durango and Jeep Grand Cherokee. In particular, specific models equipped with the 3.6-liter Panastar V6 that were built at the Saltillo engine plant in Mexico, not at the Trenton or Mack Avenue plants in Michigan, where the engines are also made. FCA estimates that comes down to 30,183 vehicles. A manufacturing issue may have damaged a component of the fuel system that could result in a leak, which in turn could cause a fire. Dealers are being instructed to inspect the components and replace them if necessary. Aston Martin's racing team does the Mannequin Challenge. Nissan X-Trail 2-liter diesel engine joins the UK lineup and retails from £29,095, or thirty-two grand. Rare 1934 Alfa Romeo Tipo BP3 Grand Prix Racer for sale in Paris. Volkswagen and Audi drop the mic, walk off stage with one-two parting wins in their res- in their respective racing disciplines. BMW 1 Series sedan debuts in Gangzhou, I guess. McLaren confirms it did hold talks with Apple, but nothing happened. FCA investigating right-hand drive challenger and charger for the Australian market, for the most part. Volkswagen Amarok may reach the United States. Next-gen Jaguar F-Type could be mid-engined. Hot Sia Atika Cupra spot on public roads completely undisguised. And anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, and I will see you all next week. You have just listened to Cody's Car Conundrum. Be sure to join us every Sunday. You can subscribe to Cody's YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash c slash acr. Be sure to get Cody's books on Amazon at www.amazon.com slash Cody dash Wagner slash E slash capital B zero one nine capital K 
capital X, 7, 2, capital Z, 8. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Be sure to follow Cody here so you don't miss any episodes. Bye, until next time.